Yeah, we are ready because we're live and in demand. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to the For the Love of Sports NFL post-draft breakdown. Today, if you listened or watched before, you saw I had Justin on with Derek. Derek will be coming on in a later episode to break down the draft. We love it. And I thought I wanted to talk about it. And who did I want to talk about it with? I want to talk about it with my friends, the people that love this just as much as I do. Honestly, I think I watched every second Friday, Thursday night, every second Friday night. And I think I only missed about 45 minutes on Saturday of the seven hour. No, probably an hour 45 at least seven hour broadcast. How, how much did you? <laughs> what? Is that, is that your bathroom break? No, <laughs> no. How much? How much do you think you missed or watched? Um, I watched every single second of it minus a few bathroom breaks. That was probably it. And I mean, yeah. granted, we were on uh, a bunch of Zoom calls for the first two days. And the last day I was on a call with another friend, um, just watched every single bit of it. So I love these things. That's why I'm, I'm already ready for next year, too. <laughs> I started looking at 20, awesome. I started looking at 2021 mock drafts already. Let's go 2021 that's that's the way we got to do it yeah. but uh reason i wanted to have justin on if you can't see his shirt if you're not watching live right now he's watching wearing a jacksonville jaguars shirt he is one of three people that i've ever met in my <laughs> life that is a jacksonville jaguars fan so as i said i wanted to have some of my friends on and i wanted to have them talk about the divisions and the teams that they love the most so of course we're starting with the afc south also known as america's division and of course <laughs> we're starting with the jacksonville jaguars i think they have legitimately the smallest fan base in all of the NFL. So history of sports. Yes. Okay. History of sports. Thank you, President Jaguars fan. I appreciate that. Soon to Look be, the, I don't know, would it be the London Jaguars? I always like the London Silly Nannies. That one made me laugh the most. But I won't me, be a fan anymore. Will, yes, you will stop. I can't now because they're, they're, it'd be impossible. It, it's kind of hard to go to a game as it is now, just being based in New Jersey, the team John Jacksonville. So, like, if they moved to London, what would be the point? Like, what am I going to fly over to London once a year to go see a game? Do you fly down to Jacksonville once a year to go see a game? Uh, I've been there twice, so it's not bad. In 20-something <laughs> years. So, yeah, you're right. You're, you're really killing it. If anything, at least you get to go on vacation uh, when you go over to London. Not yeah. too, too much. I've been to Jacksonville, unless you're trying to go to Orlando. Not too much to do there. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. So what we'll be doing here, uh, I'll also be having Derek on. I'll be having uh, a couple of our other buddies on that you've seen throughout the show Chris, uh, Sean, we're going to have another friend of ours, uh, Nick, that'll be coming on. And we're just going to be talking about the divisions and the teams that we love the most. So as I said, we're starting with the AFC South. So what we'll be doing is, did they address their needs? What were their needs? Did they address them? What happened in free agency? What happened in the draft? And then some fantasy implications. So we're going to be going through team by team. Um, and yeah, we'll be starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So tell us a little bit about the Jags. What did they need? What were they looking for? What did free agency look like? And uh, how did the draft play out in your opinion, Justin? Yeah, so um, the draft played out pretty well, in my opinion. They they had a bunch of glaring needs that they needed to shore up right away, and they immediately went after it in their first two picks. Um, obviously, the biggest X factor is Yannick Ngakwe, um, pending what he's going to be doing going forward. It sounds like the Jaguars made a pretty comparable offer. It sounds like it's the best offer slash the only – they haven't even received a trade offer for him. Um, I From what everything that was going around on Twitter, all the rumors – um, it sounds like the Raiders were inquiring, but they never actually formally offered uh, Dave Caldwell, the Jaguars GM, a draft pick. Um, so that's that's obviously one of their biggest needs is because he's their last best remaining player after they've they've jettisoned off the entire defense. Um, so basically just starting from scratch and then kind of building the team up from there. It's, it's just one of those. We'll kind of see how it plays out, but it seems like they did pretty well with the draft. So I think that's not a bad year. 
It's definitely, as you said, they're they're doing their best to fill up those needs. Um, with Ngakwe not being there, they still filled that need uh, as if he was uh, going to be there. So I think it's very important that they still did that. So um, tell us, what did they do in free agency? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to start. We'll go a little chronological order. So what did they do in free agency this year? Who did they bring in slash who did they get, get rid of? Yeah, so they got rid of Calais Campbell. They got rid of A.J. Boye. Uh, through trade, so they they end up getting draft picks back for. They brought in a couple defensive line depth guys, um, Al Woods and Rodney Gunter, um, guys who they actually drafted more depth players for their position. So uh, it sounds like the D line is looking pretty set right now. The the biggest issue and something that came out once the first day of the draft was over is that we found out that the Jaguars were switching to a three four defense. Um, the Jaguars' current defensive coordinator Todd Wash has been extremely has been adamant about not switching over to a three four. He's the only time the Jaguars will switch to a three four is after he leaves Jacksonville. So I wonder if that kind of uh, puts something up on the wall, some real writing on the wall. Kind of see if uh, if he can kind of remain the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator or if he's gonna be a little more flexible and kind of switched a little bit to a three four defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they did bring in some corner depth. Uh, really I mean they weren't gonna spend big bucks. I mean the the biggest the biggest thing going forward with this current team and this current roster, the cons gave the GM, Dave Caldwell, and head coach, Doug Marone, uh, basically an ultimatum. If you don't make mm-hmm. the playoffs this year, you're going to be fired. Um, which, I mean, through the, the, the years of how this has been going, ever, ever since the, the turmoil of after 2017, um, that season. Um, well, Rest in peace. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still kind of hurting from that one. Um so we'll we'll kind of see what how how they do with everything going forward because they have to win now. So I understand mm-hmm. that they didn't want to the, the cons didn't want to spend a whole lot of money in free agency. Granted, they didn't have a whole lot of cap left um, to kind of address the major needs that they did. So that's kind of why they racked up twelve draft picks and then and started to utilize them throughout mm-hmm. the entire draft. Yeah, but, got traded Clay Campbell, traded AJ Boye, also traded Nick Foles. I think that's pretty important. Well, putting a little bit of um, a little bit of faith into Gardner, right? I think mm-hmm. that's pretty important. So. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, granted, just from the games that I've watched this year now, I mean, obviously I've watched every single game, um, he looks like a legit quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have great weapons around him, so and his offensive line wasn't wasn't good. Um, they, di- they did have left tackle uh, Cam, Cam Robinson coming back from an ACL tear, and I get that not everyone's Adrian Peterson, they all can't come back in six months from an ACL tear. Sometimes it takes players a year and then some mm-hmm. to kind of get back to where they were before, pre-injury. Um, so we'll kind of see what Cam Robinson does this year going forward. We'll see. It's just, we'll see. The, the, the theme of the Jaguars is just, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, awesome. All right, cool. Yeah, let's let's dive into the draft a little bit. They had two first round picks. I know you're really shooting for, you know, hoping for the uh, that third one, depending mm-hmm. on um, Ngakwe, as we talked about. So with their first two picks, they went CJ Henderson, cornerback out of Florida, uh, as well as K. Levon Chase on again the coolest name in the draft out of LSU Claus. and I know say that again uh, one of the nicknames floating around is his nickname is Claus oh yeah it. Claus and up it, maybe let's his, go uh, his number I think he chose his number today is forty five so it's Claus forty five <laughs> love it let's go um, and so I know we um, we spoke about it on our draft special both of these guys because we we had a very good um, good understanding that they were going to go in the first round but how do you feel like they will fit in with the Jaguars, and at what point do they trade them away uh-huh. for more uh, first-round picks? Three to four years is when they'll trade them away. Uh, no. So, 
they're good picks. Obviously, they're great value, high character, and it seems to pretty much be what um, GM Dave Caldwell was going for. He's going for these these high character players. This way, we don't kind of see, um, we, we don't kind of relive what's been going on the past couple mm-hmm. of years. So, I I don't know. Uh, obviously, when I was watching the draft, I was really hoping that they the Jaguars would trade back to where the Broncos were, where the Falcons were, pick up an extra second, maybe a couple thirds, if depending on whatever uh, a trade offer could have been. Um, but it sounded like that wasn't going to happen. It sounded like the Falcons were going to be trading up to where the Browns were if the Jaguars didn't take C.J. Henderson and they were going to select him. Mm-hmm. So you weren't going to be able to get him. And if the Jaguars traded back to 16, there wasn't really a corner at that spot for the value where you could grab one and then be kind of comfortable with it. Um, and it sounds like if Kalevon, if, if C.J. Henderson wasn't the, if he wasn't available at nine, they were actually going to go Kalevon Chase on grab him at nine and then mm-hmm. at 20 they were going to sound like they were they're going to address corner whichever was their the highest one on their board there mm-hmm. very interesting and that's good to know i mean again i think that they are essentially just filling they're just kind of filling needs as they come along cj henderson was you know the number two by most people rated the number two cornerback in the draft i mean right after okuda obviously he um you know him going third overall so then in the second round lavisca chenault um mm-hmm. great wide receiver in college heard some things. If he will be a bust, if he's going to, you know, be just as good, how do you feel like he's going to work with Gardner and and that offense specifically? Yeah, no, I think that was a a fantastic pick on their end. Um, Back in 2018, when you really saw LaVisca Chenault kind of blossom to this great college wide receiver, he was doing it all. He was, he was wildcat quarterback. He was lining up a running back. He was lining up a wide receiver. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this stat now, but I'm going to try and remember what it was. On the hundred, on the hundred chances that he had with the ball in his hands, he was solo tackled eighteen times. The other, wow, yeah, and I forget what the number of uh, combined tackles or assisted tackles there were also, but he ended up breaking about half of the tackles that were tried mm-hmm. on him, or however you want to kind of word yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if, if that, if any little bit of that can translate to the NFL, then. Awesome, great! You have this. You have this. This, this bulky wide receiver is going to come in, just going to bull, bulldoze over the smaller corners, depending on which kind of corner he's matched up against that day. Um, otherwise, he's great athlete too. So you'll find different ways to give him the ball. I heard a little bit of um, kind of some rumors floating around Twitter is that he's going to be lining up the Wildcat quarterback. Um, obviously, you can still have Gardner on the field. Uh, you just have Lavisca take the snap and then kind of go from there. Um, I don't know if it's a coordinator, so we'll see how they uh, <laughs> how they they line it up. I cannot wait for Gardner Minshew to catch a touchdown. I can only imagine yeah. what that celebration is going to look like. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Just just a lot of a lot of mustache on that one. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So um, then we're starting to get down to the third round. Usually, you know, the first round you're looking for the highest upside and people that are going to play now second and third round are really great rounds where you can just build a significant amount of your team. But we all, you know, Trey Wingo said it, you know, America's stepdad as some people like to call him four through seven and undrafted is about 65% of your roster. So you really have to do hit those spots. Um, So in the third round, they went Devon Hamilton Mm -hmm. nose tackle out of Ohio state. So they're really just kind of loading up on the defensive line. Again, now they're going to, from a four three to a three four, is he specific to that type of decent defense? Is that what they yeah. ran in Ohio State, or is, do you think he'll he'll transition well? Uh, yeah, I believe that's what they ran in the house. And I kind of wish Derek was on because I, I know that they kind of um, they scheme things up a little bit on the defensive side for Ohio State. So I know that they were constantly they were constantly changing things around just because they have a plethora of talent. So they're just mm-hmm. constantly replenishing um, the players on the field with players behind yeah. them who are just as good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Davon Hamilton is going to play nose tackle. Um, 
he had six and a half sacks last year, which is second most on Ohio State's team behind Chase Young. So you're kind of already seeing um, mm. some of the upside that you have from him. But he's mainly just a run-stuffing nose tackle, and that's what they needed. They needed they needed girth, basically, on their defensive nice. line. They just needed a big boy to come in there and just swallow up every kind of uh, – just, just chew up double teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's – Again, you you see the Raiders do it a lot, and you know you'd be surprised if more teams don't really do it consistently. Pick teams from kick players from Alabama, from Georgia, from Clemson, Clemson, from Ohio State. These teams that are routinely at the top that are clearly far and away talent wise better. Yes, sometimes they they benefit from that. You know, maybe having someone in the back end is benefiting from Chase Young and and Hamilton being up front and getting to the quarterback so quickly, and maybe you know, the vice versa is possible. Maybe the back end is that darn good. So it's always really interesting, but usually they're, they're, they're rated the highest classes for a reason when they get recruited. This is a pretty good opportunity that they're going to be the most athletic or the best players in some capacity. Um, so then in the fourth round, mm-hmm. you have the <laughs> most perplexing pick. Uh, and it was funny because on our zoom, uh, our good friend, Jared, who will also be on to go over the AFC East, if I'm not mistaken, just kept asking, What's with St. John's, Minnesota, and is this kid actually capable of pe- playing? So mm-hmm. how much do you know about Ben Barch? Yeah, so um, remember how we kept talking with Derek, and we always kept referring to PFF darlings, pro football mm-hmm. focus, and like the, the guys that they were extremely high on. Well, Ben Barch is actually one of them. Um, I think he graded out as like a 93.7 over the past two seasons as one of like the top offensive linemen in all of college football. And wow. then when he went to, I think it was the East-West Shrine game, um, the reason his name kind of started creeping up draft boards is because he, he really held his own against other big time college players. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, so that PFF grade meshes pretty well with those other players that he was playing against. So we can kind of maybe see if we have something here. Um, granted, he probably won't be playing right tackle in the NFL, definitely won't be playing left tackle. Um, but it seems like a solid depth pick at a mm-hmm. position like their, their offensive line isn't the greatest and it isn't the most deep to begin with. Um, Right guard has been like a revolving door of just these these pretty adequate players. Um, left guard, they have Andrew Norwell, who hasn't exactly lived up to the contract that that he was given. Um, so uh, he looks like he's going to be a cap casualty. Uh, I mean, unless he has like a pretty great year this year, we'll, mm. we'll kind of see. But it's at the end of the season, he'll be one of those cap casualties just to free up some more space. Um, and then this way, you kind of start to groom Ben Barch. And if he's able to play both guard spots, then great. Maybe he takes the right guard spot um, from AJ Khan um, and then... Uh, see where it goes roll with it from there yeah that one was it was very interesting to me i mean there's a couple more here i mean the jacks had a million picks it looks like mm-hmm. 12 right here um just a couple more of note before i let you kind of just go off and do your thing colin johnston or yep. colin johnson wide receiver out of texas that's a yep. name that if you watch college football you hear that name a lot um and this year he came up a lot i mean texas you know they're never they're not back let's just mm-hmm. be upfront and honest <laughs> with that they're not back but you know, they're on TV all the time, so you're going to watch them. Why do you think getting him in the fifth round was that big of a steal? It, well, just looking at the receivers that they currently have, they didn't have a player that was over six foot four. DJ Shark is 6'3". Um, Chris Conley is right around 6'3", 6'4". So they need a big, tall, mm-hmm. wide receiver, just a guy that just can go up and high point the ball. And that's Colin Johnson's specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like 6'6", 235 pounds. Um, it's funny because... Uh, He's actually the heaviest Jaguars wide receiver. Lavisca Chenault, who is five or six inches shorter than him, is the second heaviest. Um, wow. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see that 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 um, that that ability to break tackles mm-hmm. in the NFL. And hopefully, it translates. So one thing I will say with Colin Johnson and with Lavisca Chenault coming out of the Big Twelve, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Big 12 because I love points, and they don't really play what we call, I guess, defense um, <laughs> in football. How how do you think the tape looks versus you know nine times out of ten much poorer, much in much more inadequate play out of these Big 12 corners than they would if they were in the Big 10 or even the SEC? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much, you just want to find different ways to put them in positions to succeed um, as long as they are capable and they have talent. Um, good receivers, coaches, good quarterbacks, good offensive coordinators will find ways to get the guys into the best position to succeed. Sounds like pretty much a, uh, like a routine answer from like mm-hmm. a lot of these players, but that's, that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're smart enough, that's, you know, that's why we see, you know, people, you know, tight ends that make six catches over their career. And it's like, oh, well he has the size, he has mm-hmm. the speed, like, Trey Burn. You know, he couldn't put it together in college, but all of a sudden, you know, we think we're going to teach him. I mean, basketball players, whatever, man. It's, it's, it's a, it, if you scroll down a little bit further, the, one of the Jaguars, the second to last pick, Tyler Davis, had, uh, I believe he had less than 20 catches for less than 200 yards his last year at Georgia Tech. Jaguars drafted him. Let's go. He's a blocking tight end. If you're coming from Georgia Tech, it's guaranteed he's a blocking tight end because before last year they were running that triple option. So maybe that's mm-hmm. what they're looking at. But um, the last pick I want to talk about specifically – Last year, the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken, took a quarterback in the sixth round. Turned out to take America by storm. Mm -hmm. This gentleman, Jake Luton, out of Oregon State, I think he's played at like four or five different schools as well, so please correct me if I'm wrong there. But what what are the chances that this guy takes America by storm? And hopefully he doesn't, of course, but I don't know. Obviously, when they trade away Nick Foles, that was going to open up a spot. They do have Josh Jobs in their team, who highly intellectual, but it just doesn't seem like the talent is there. So he's a great, uh, great career backup, which isn't a bad job at sports. Nope. Um, so, I mean, I think I saw that Dave Caldwell has drafted a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round in almost every single one of his drafts. So he's constantly always, and Grant, that's what every GM mm-hmm. is doing. They're always just throwing a, throwing a dart at the dartboard, just trying to hit something. And they, I, luckily they hit with Gardner Minshew. We'll kind of see how he does this year. Um, but Luton, he, I think he was 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. So Falcons, Patriots, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, tall, wider, tall quarterback, big arm. We'll kind of see if he has something that uh, other scouts and teams missed mm-hmm. on with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting considering he only threw three interceptions um, mm-hmm. with that. I mean, that ratio is fantastic. You're really not going to find that anywhere. So that's great. But yeah, it's I mean, especially if you have 12 picks, I mean, one of them might as well be a quarterback. You really never know. Uh, you, you might as well at least try. Is there mm-hmm. anything uh, I mean, like in terms of, you know, we do want to talk a little bit about fantasy value as well. Like with some of these picks, especially, you know, most of them. Like at least out of the first four, three of them are all on defense. So that's not really going to do too much. But like what with the you know the running back or the wide receivers that are coming in, which with making a little bit of depth at the offensive line position, how do you think that's going to be for uh, Gardner Minshew moving forward next year? I think they kind of failed to put more talent around him. I really thought they were going to go offense, like heavy offense, and just really just trying to blow teams away with their offensive uh, skills. Um, they brought in Jay Gruden to be all the offense offensive coordinator. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how that meshes. I know that they they were in the the, the Andy Dalton trade market, pending mm-hmm. what they're going to do with Andy Dalton. Um, I, I'm not sure. It, it's going to be. I understand that they're looking towards the future, and they really mm-hmm. want to grab some players with the high character that they know that they can really build around. But granted, their two biggest needs were corner and edge rusher, and that's what they went out and they and they got. So I understand that the, that the third pick in the second round, they they end up grabbing LaVisca Chennault just to add, add some weapons around Garner just to make it a little bit easier mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, but yeah, and I, I think... 
I do feel like they needed a left tackle and they needed a running back they were going to grab. But turns out, uh, I don't know, it sounds like they're not going to be trading Leonard Fournette because they didn't grab anyone. They mm-hmm. they love Rockwell Armstead, who they drafted at a Temple last year. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm. I think I can say this for America. We're all rooting for. We're all rooting for Gardner Minshew and that mustache. But what are the chances? Uh, you also have it written down here. You know, are we tra- tanking for Trevor? Fail for Fields? Yeah. What do you think that actually looks like potentially next year? Do you actually think? Do you think they put so little talent around him that you'll be in contention again for one of the top picks in the draft? I don't think so. I mean, you have DJ Shark. You have Leonard Fournette. As long as they keep Fournette. Um, we'll see what Garner is capable of doing. If he's able to lead this team to like an eight and eight record and then grab that, that seventh spot now in, in, for the wild card, um, I feel like they're going to stick with him because they do have two first round picks next year from the Rams, mm-hmm. from the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, and that way, if you don't have to address quarterback, that's such a relief off of everyone's shoulders. Yeah, um, They're able to do so much more. They're able to maneuver throughout the draft, kind of pick and choose players that they want instead of having to get locked into finding the one quarterback that they want. And most of the time, you have to trade into the top five or the top ten to grab that guy. Mm-hmm. Or you could be the Eagles and take him at 55. I'm excited to talk with Derek about that. Yeah, I still don't know what that was. Nobody does. I love it. Um so fantasy wise, are there any players that you'd be looking for specifically, especially, you know, Chanel or, or, uh, Johnson are those two guys you're going to potentially target early, late middle. Uh, how do you think, I mean, that wide receiver core is pretty solid. Now, if you have Chark, I think Keelan Cole resigned there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, yeah, like a, I mean, Chanel has been fantastic in college. I, I enjoy watching Colorado games specifically just to watch him. Uh, mm-hmm. but I guess out of, out of the offense, is there anybody that you're looking for in some of these fantasy drafts coming up? Yeah, definitely. Chanel is the one guy that I'm going to keep my eye on. I'm really I'm really curious to see what his average draft position is kind of leading up to most of the fantasy drafts. So hopefully we have football around the time that we normally would. Um, with Chanel, because there's so many different things that you can do with him, you can line up a wildcat quarterback. He's got a, I don't know, decent arm. Obviously, he's not mm-hmm. a quarterback, but there, there's there's some that he can do. There's some throws that he can make. Um, also, his running ability. Um, he's that guy that if he's able to break one tackle, he's gaining a chunk of yards. He's gaining 40, 50, possibly mm-hmm. a touchdown off of that. Um, and then match that with his ability to catch. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty solid pass catcher, too. So get the ball in his hands, find different ways to do that and then kind of see how he can thrive. And especially for dynasty or um, mm-hmm. like keeper leagues, um, he's definitely a, a guy you want to kind of keep your eye on. I mean, there were what, 38 wide receivers that were drafted, 37 wide receivers that were drafted in this year's draft. So yeah. Something ridiculous. There's, there's, there's so many of them that you're going to have your eye on. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, he's definitely one that you're going to kind of look for in the later rounds to, to, to scoop up and steal. I love it. Good stuff. And that was America's team, the Jaguars. We'll probably spend the most time on them, obviously. You're a big Jags <laughs> fan. Also, the fact that they had so many picks and yeah. so much going on. They're always uh they're always a fun team to pay attention to, uh, occasionally. Uh, moving on. They didn't trade at all. They didn't make they didn't make a single draft day trade. Well, neither did they the Giants, run. I guess. So, you know, yeah. I guess we're in this together. Um, but yeah, I guess it is what it is. I, I was a little surprised considering with all those picks. Um, you'd think they would just try and maneuver a little bit, move up, move down, just kind of acquire more or, or, you know, really go get the guy they wanted. But as you said, they went after high character guys, really trying to rebuild that culture of people that you had there. Um, there was a certain personality type that was on the Jaguars and they are no longer there really. Um, or they won't be for too much longer. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm always rooting for you. I I always want the Jags to be good. And miles Jack wasn't down. I'll just say it for you. (laughs) 
He wasn't down. Uh, moving uh, on to the Texans. If I'm not mistaken, they won the division last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, because the Colts were, or I apologize, the Titans were the wild card. Um, yeah. Texans, only mm-hmm. five drafts, or only five draft picks this year. Uh, they traded away, one of their ones went to Miami for Lem- mm-hmm. Laramie Tunsil. Yep. Their second round pick went to the Cardinals. No, no, no. They got a second round pick from the yes. Cardinals. Their right. second round pick was in the Larry Mutunsel deal still. I think right. they traded yep. another two away for him. Uh, I'm sure there were some other things they did because that's just Bill O'Brien for you. But mm-hmm. um, they went heavy defense, it looks like, considering it's five picks, 60% defense. Uh, yeah. Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle at a TCU. Um, and Jonathan Greenard, defensive Grenard, thank you, mm-hmm. out of Florida. Uh, what did, were these two of their biggest needs? coming into the draft (laughs) no and i i don't understand why they would give bill o'brien all the power in the world to do whatever he wanted that there's only one man in the entire nfl that can do that right now that's that's bill belichick yeah um he has the track record and he i mean he's he's done pretty well with himself and bill has doesn't have anything to stand on um they drafted two defensive linemen. Granted, their their defensive line depth is already pretty deep. Like it's it's obviously like you have other holes, um, wide receiver being one of them, um, that they didn't even draft anybody until I think he was I think Cotter was the fifth round. Yeah, he was the mm-hmm. fifth round. So he he was a late round flyer that they basically grabbed when they could have grabbed one of the top tier guys. That way you completely replaced DeAndre Hopkins production. Mm-hmm. They did they did grab Brandon Cooks. I think maybe yep. that's where another one of their second round picks went. Honestly, I can't keep. We'd have to have a whole list of, of yeah. where everything went and where it came from, and it's crazy. But uh, you know, shout out to Bob. I think he doesn't care because it's he's just going to get fired, and so it doesn't really matter the future. That's the funniest part is that's what people have been saying for like three years now. But the guy keeps making the playoffs. Like he keeps making the playoffs. Like, what are you going to do? Fire him? I mean, you mm-hmm. could do that, and then you can beware. Like, it, like a Marty Schottenheimer thing. You go fourteen and two, number one seed in the AFC, and then he gets fired because he lost. Never coach yeah. again. How sad mm-hmm. is that? But my dad's still angry about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like what they, they needed wide receiver. They got picked up Brandon Cooks. They lost. Uh, they got they lost. They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. So yep. you know that's not quite a, a one for one trade there. They do have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. They took a couple tackles last year, if I'm not mistaken, one out yeah. of like Alabama state and one out of like hours. Yeah. Like some, again, small school. So, you know, you really want to protect your quarterback with those small school guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what, what else, why did they do this? Why does it make no sense to me? I just don't get it. I mean, there's so much they could have done. Granted they had limited capital. What are they, what are they trying to do? Do you, do you have an insight? Like, do you have any idea? I feel like Bill O'Brien considers himself an offensive genius and in doing so he can find different ways to make his offense click. Whereas he, there's only so much that he, he can do on the defensive side of the ball because that's not his specialty. So he figures if he can keep giving the defense talent, he'll find a way to make it work on the offensive side of the ball. But you, you can't predict. I mean, how many sack Deshaun Watson gets sacked a million times a year. Eventually this dude's just going to fall apart. We saw it in the division. We saw it with yep. Andrew Luck where he's just yep. like, honestly, I would rather not get tackled a hundred thousand times a year and not make a hundred million dollars, then get tackled and make that hundred million dollars. So that's just the only thing I'm worried about. Plus, you know, DeAndre, um, I'm sorry, Sean Watson already tore his ACL his rookie year, which sucked. Yep. So it's just, it's crazy to me, man. I don't get it. They don't have running backs. I, I like that point that you make here. Um, they got um, David Johnson. Who, they got David Johnson and they, they're only, they're only semi decent backup is Duke Johnson. So yeah. it's, they're, like you're already starting at a, 
at a pretty bad depth look right there. And I'm, I just can't believe he didn't trade back, trying to add more picks or, I don't know, trade for Leonard Fournette. Like clearly something to do just to kind of rejuvenate the team a little bit. Um, Nothing. I, I honestly, I'm kind of speechless. And I was trying to talk to our one friend, Brian, about the, like the Texans move. He's like, B.O.B. is going to do what B.O.B. does. That's that's kind of pretty much just floating around. <laughs> Let's go. The, <laughs> the earth Texans. is flat. Um, yeah. But so what uh, from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. what who who do you have your eye on? Do you think David Johnson actually become goes back to what he was two years ago? I mean, last year he started off great. And then I think we all think he did something to Cliff Kingsbury or or something or his wife or his mom, or he said something mm-hmm. to somebody to the point where he just got benched. He was healthy and just got benched. Do you think he comes back? I mean, they have to play him this year, right? They're paying him 10 million bucks. I think they're going to feed him the ball, which doesn't, I mean, we, we saw with Le'Veon Bell this year, that doesn't always translate to production. Um, granted, Bill, B's, Bill O'Brien's a little bit better than Adam Gase is at getting his running back the ball. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure he'll find different ways, creative ways to get David Johnson involved in the offense. And plus David Johnson, he's, he's great great out of the backfield so you're going to throw him some passes and guess what mm-hmm. if you're playing ppr five catches for 10 yards still still six points, six points. So it's, it's not it. the end of the world um especially if you're grabbing him late in the draft um we'll, we'll see how his adp looks once once we start kind of getting the mock draft season uh for fantasy um i, I don't know i feel like right now he's like a sixth to seventh round like mid-round pick um he's still a starting running back so mm-hmm. we, we, we can't take that away from him and I, typically, I would say handcuff him to whoever's backup is, but I don't want Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, he's terrible. So that's not a person that I want to kind of um, put some trust in or even put a draft pick into. And how do you feel about Deshaun Watson? Huh. He's throwing um, to Brandon Cooks, who has his yearly concussion. Hopefully yep. he gets better and, and realizes it's not worth it. Um, and Will Fuller, who just is perpetually hurt. I'm pretty sure his legs don't work. Shout out to him. He's incredible when he's on the field. But if you're only on the field for like six games, you care who cares. So, I mean, what, what does their wide receiver depth look like after those two guys? Yep. And, and it's crazy because they're still shopping Kenny Stills. Like the only person who is not, I mean, even though Kenny Stills missed three games last year, he's the only one of those three that isn't the most injury prone. Um, so I wouldn't exactly, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not touching any of them right now. Like Deshaun's going to find his number one target. It'll be interesting to see throughout training camp and throughout uh, preseason, kind of see who he really is leaning on to be mm-hmm. his next DeAndre, because every quarterback, every quarterback needs their fail safe. They need that big, strong tight end, Travis Kelsey, George Kill. They need their number one wide receiver. Um, so I'm not sure who that person is going to be for Deshaun just yet, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it is Colter from from Rhode Island. Like maybe just the just because he's six three, he's a little bit bigger than the other guys. Um, he still has the blazing speed, not as much as Will Fuller or Kenny Stills. But I mean, maybe he's the one healthy one that stays on the field, and that just albeit becomes Deshaun Watson's uh, de facto wide receiver. If he's the only one that's able to catch the ball, he's going to be the only one that does catch the yep. ball. And, and you can't take away two tight ends, also. Um, Darren Fells. Darren Fells. Yeah. yeah. So we'll. we'll I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little wary on their offense right now. It's not exactly a guy that I want to target, but you know what? He's still going to find a way to be a top 10 quarterback. It looks like they have a pretty, pretty tough schedule as well. You put down here, bears, Steelers, chiefs, Packers, Vikings, Ravens, and Patriots. Yeah. That's not, uh, not the easiest. And in division, the AFC South, man, as we know that those divisional games made for Thursday night. Yeah. Brutal. Love it. Um, all right. So after we are going to the Colts, the Colts had nine picks this draft. They did not have a first round pick. They traded that away for DeForest Buckner, then signed him to a monster deal. Yep. Um, looks like they had two twos. I think the second one who did they came from the Jets? 
if I'm not mistaken, who did that one two come from? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they used that um, pretty well. What did the Colts need coming into the season? Oh, they find, signed Philip Rivers. We cannot forget to say that. Yeah, what yeah, did the yeah. Colts need coming into um, the offseason? They needed a quarterback of the future. And Grant, like you, you signed Philip Rivers, and he will be a very good to adequate stopgap quarterback mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Um, good one to two year project. And that's why I love that they grabbed Jacob Eason real late. Uh, I think it was fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's, that's, that's a very good find very late considering they were one of the teams that were, the, they were scaring the Packers for trading up into the first round for Jordan Love. Um, obviously I'm not too sure exactly what the Packers were doing there. It was almost as bad. As, I mean, it was the worst draft out of, out of everyone that was drafting um, almost as bad as the Eagles. So, It'll be fun to talk with those guys once we uh, once we do that that draft coverage. Um, but you know what? They they went out. They have T. Y. Hilton. They have some skilled players, and they went out and they just instantly upgraded it. You found a jump ball wide receiver, Michael Pittman, who Phil Rivers will love to throw the ball to. Um, and then you find a three down back in Jonathan Taylor, who's pretty much a mini Melvin Gordon. So we'll we'll see how quickly he beats Marlon Mack out for the number one job. Even if he doesn't beat him out this year, this is Max last year. I doubt they're going to sign him to a long-term contract mm-hmm. extension. Even if they do, it'll probably be a cheap one and one that Jonathan Taylor will probably still take over the reins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's never bad to have two good running backs in your backfield, mm-hmm. especially as you said, Marlon Mack only has one year left. I'm pretty sure he got hurt last year as well, something with his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. And then when he did come back, he wasn't really that great. Um, so a lot of people put some fantasy value on him. So they did take, you know, a few offensive players, especially with their first four picks, as you said, wide receiver, running back and quarterback. If you can mm-hmm. build that through the draft and next year, all of these guys are coming out firing on all cylinders that's going to look like an awesome draft, no matter what their defensive side looks like. They grabbed a guard in the fifth round uh, out of Ball State. They grabbed yeah. a defensive tackle out of Penn State. They, they, I mean, they grabbed another wide receiver out of Washington State. But, I mean, all in all, you know, you touched upon it. The, of those first four picks, Michael Pittman Jr., you really liked him, I remember. Mm-hmm. You had him, I think you had him coming off the board in the first round, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and he fell all the way to the 34th, 35th pick, if I'm not mistaken. He was right off the board there. Um, and then, yeah, I think they trade, they even traded up for Jonathan Taylor just to make sure that they yeah. snagged him. So I thought that was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. um, fantasy-wise, I mean, this year, especially understanding rookies aren't going to have as big a big impact because you know they're getting into virtual off-season training and we don't know when they're actually going to be back into the facility nfl already came out and said hey we're we're not allowed in the facility till everybody's allowed in the facility as we've seen with the nba it's a little different obviously because their season was already started they might just go right into the playoffs and a lot of those teams don't matter but what do you think the outlook is on you know their their team now especially knowing okay you have shot put philip mother freaking rivers Mm -hmm. as your quarterback this year how do you think that's going to affect marlon mack jonathan taylor and and the wide receivers that are already on the team Uh, i'm curious and i mean this this kind of goes to the entire nfl i wonder how much stock the gms put into finding uh experienced players like not just like those one-year wonders um they they obviously jonathan taylor three fantastic years at wisconsin Mm -hmm. so um, I wonder if they kind of put more stock into finding a guy like that, that they, like Jonathan Taylor, started as a freshman year. So clearly he could pick up the playbook pretty well. And he wasn't, uh, like physically, he wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't too much for him. So obviously going into the NFL, it, I mean, running backs usually produce pretty fairly quickly, um, especially when they have fresh legs. We'll see how fresh John, that, uh, my only concern with Jonathan Taylor is how fresh are his legs yeah. going to be in five, six, seven he years. He had 300 touches, I think, at least the last couple of years. Three years in a row, I think. So, um, so 
I feel like he's going to hold up for the first couple of years. And obviously dynasty and uh, uh, keeper leagues, mm-hmm. um, a guy that you want to target fairly early. Um, you know that he's going to produce, he's going to have the ball actually thrown to him because Wisconsin's offense just doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was always one thing. Never makes sense to me. They do not throw the ball to the wide receivers in the offense, but then they come to the NFL and the, you know, as we saw with Melvin Gordon, pretty good at it. Like yeah. he can catch. I don't know why they refuse to throw him the ball. Um, yeah. I think there was one year he actually had like one or zero catches at Wisconsin, which made me laugh just looking at that. But he had no um, fumbles and catches. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Considering again, though, he touched the ball three hundred times. Yeah. It is what it is. But no, I love Jonathan Taylor. Love watching that that Big Ten football. Um, Jacob Beeson. I, I mean, I know this isn't really relevant for this coming year, but I mean, Philip Rivers is old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Old people get hurt easier than young people. I, I don't know. Like what, what is the opportunity you see with him more so next year, but you know, is there anything that might happen this year, especially if the Colts just suck, you know, think they just throw him in or something. And, and what do you think he might look like? Mm-hmm. I find it pretty hard to see the Colts sucking this year, just because their, t- their team is so talented and so deep. Um, so I like their, their biggest problem mm-hmm. last year and then going forward, is going to be the quarterback position. Um, grand, if Phil Rivers, if something does happen to him, they still do have Jacoby Brissett, who is a pretty reliable backup That's quarterback. True. Um, so they, they won't have to throw Eason in sooner than he's ready, mm-hmm. um, or before he's ready. Yeah. But Eason, you know, what? big arm, live arm, he can chuck the ball down the field. He just has to work on a, a mechanics, um, kind of timed routes, a lot of things that he'll have time to do while he's kind of sitting the bench for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a cannon to say the mm-hmm. least. So I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully he he gets in a good situation. Frank Reich, um, never forget Frank Reich really won that Super Bowl for the Eagles. <laughs> they haven't really quite been the same since he left. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's great. I mean, all in all, I think this is an awesome draft. I mean, they had nine picks from the second to the sixth round. Uh, unfortunately, no first round pick, but I always like to add those in like we did with, uh, or like I will with the Cardinals when we talk about it. Yeah, they didn't have a second round pick, but geez, they got DeAndre Hopkins out of it. I think that's way better than any second round pick you're going to get. Yeah. So considering they get to Forrest Buckner, you know, they had a boatload of injuries last year. Mm-hmm. I honestly think they're easily the best team in the division and it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, I think it really just comes down to those weird divisional games. Um, and, and, you know, some of that, you know, some of that weird juju that just comes with the AFC South. Uh, in terms of fantasy value, how do you look at T.Y. Hilton? How do you look at Michael Pittman? I know we already spoke a little bit about um, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, what are some of the wide receivers, again, with Phillip Rivers now being there? How do you look at them when it comes to uh, the fantasy season? Yeah, I, um, I'm more concerned for T.Y. Hilton's draft stock, um, mainly because Phillip doesn't really use those quick wide receivers. Like he, he used Travis Benjamin pretty well, but he was the number three wide receiver. Um, so maybe it'll be a little bit different just because T.Y. Hillen is so much more talented than some of the other wide receivers, like those that type of wide receiver that he's played with because he's always had like these giant sequoia trees that are just out there that you can just throw the ball up to and he can just grab, um, something that Phil Rivers has always lived and died on. Um, so it'll be, inter- it'll be more interesting to see how Frank Reich designs an offense to to supplement Phil Rivers' skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, I mean, I could see... Michael Pittman actually finishing with a with a more fancy points than T.Y. Hilton does. T.Y. Hilton, right. obviously, he's he's super productive, has done it over the league many years, but he just keeps getting hurt towards the tail end of the season. That's just mm-hmm. not something you want to rely on, especially going into like the the, the, the championship game and the playoffs for fantasy. Um, you want those guys that you, you can rely on. You want that Michael Thomas that you know is going to go in there, seven catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. Perfect. That's all I need. Get me 15 points, give or take. Um, and especially for a guy like Pittman, who you could probably grab in eight, nine, tenth round, somewhere around there. Um, I mean, pending 
how mm-hmm. high his, AD, his yeah. ADP is going and how high everyone else like blow smoke up his ass pretty much. Um, that's pretty much what I'm already starting to do. And I'm already kind of scared because I wanted to keep him as a little bit of a sleeper. But once you asked me to come on this thing, I was like, all right, I guess all right, I'll, <laughs> I'll drop some my sleepers already. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, I don't think all of our friends are going to listen to this anyway. So you don't have too much to worry about just me. And I think Nick, and there's a couple other people watching. So we appreciate all of you out there in, in uh, Twitch land, but I think you're going to be just fine. And as mm-hmm. I said, I think they're easily the best team. It was really weird. Jacoby Brissett started off pretty good last year, mm-hmm. and then they beat this, the Chiefs, and then all of a sudden, I feel like their team just fell apart literally from injuries, yeah. uh, which is, you know, you don't usually see an entire team just kind of crumble like that. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. For the NFL's sake, for your sake and the Jaguars' sake, obviously, uh, we're rooting for Gardner all mm-hmm. day and all night. Um, so, yeah, with that, we'll move on to the last team in the AFC South uh, wild card team in the Tennessee Titans, made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Can't really even call it a fluke. They went through the Patriots in Foxborough. They went through Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, everyone thought that that game was going to be a joke. I think they were double digit, not in the first game. I think they were only seven and a half point underdogs in the first game, but I'm pretty sure they were double digit, ten and a half, if not more, in the second game, or at least aligned open like that. I don't know exactly where it went. Um, in the offseason, they they signed Ryan Tannehill. They franchise tagged Aaron Henry. So we'll see what that turns out to be. What did they need the most? Oh, and they lost Jack Conklin. Um, mm-hmm, I think yeah. that's a huge, huge part, considering how much they run the ball, especially in November, December, and January. Mm-hmm. Losing him, yeah, losing yeah. a substantial piece of your offensive line is pretty important. What else, other than right tackle, obviously, what else did they need going into the offseason? They needed, well, they needed depth at a lot of positions. Um, they did need another starting corner, and they ended up drafting Christian Fulton um, in the second round at the 61st pick, I think is what it was, and which I think is a total steal. I honestly was pretty convinced the Jaguars are going to take him at 20. If the Jaguars didn't go corner at nine, I'm pretty sure that was the guy they were going to target at 20. Um, we'll we'll kind of see if if that is true, if, we're able to get a, if we ever get a sight into their big board um, or how they ranked all the corners coming out this past year. Um, but after that, they, they really needed a backup running back for Derrick Henry um, for how much they used him last year for pretty much just running him into the ground. And I get it. He, he's he's a, he's an absolute beast. Um, so you're going to be using him as much as and often as you can um, because that's that's the tone setter for their offense. And it clearly it worked all throughout last season. Um, I will be interested to see, though, if he does hold out. I get that he got the franchise tag on him and I forget if that's like 14 point, whatever million dollars. So obviously a good chunk of change. Um, and I know he's going to want a long-term contract. Will the Titans, how reluctant are they going to be to give mm-hmm. him one? Um, I'm not sure how willing they will be, but that's why they drafted Darrington Evans and the third round um, out of Appalachian state. But he's more of a change of pace kind of back, more of like a mm-hmm. James white type. So like, a great guy to bring in on third down, or even if you go two back set, perfect. You can kind of line Evans up in the slot, um, just find different ways to give him the ball. Um, but if we're going to fantasy, he's a he's one of the top handcuffs that you're going to need for for Derrick Henry. If you grab Derrick Henry in the first or second round, you're going to have to grab Evans much sooner than you're going to be happy mm-hmm. about. And so that's the thing about Derrick Henry, like and running backs in general. You know, we just saw Christian McCaffrey get paid, and it's going to look great for this year. And then it's not going to be great after that. It's just like, it's, I want running backs to deserve to get paid, but everyone that gets paid, I mean, we've seen Todd Gurley, unfortunately, granted that was a weird situation just because like all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, you know, he was literally in the running for MVP. And then something happened in one of those last couple weeks to the year. And then it's like, Oh yeah, no, Todd Gurley can't play football anymore. It's like, what are you talking about? You had 20 something touchdowns. 
Like, I don't know how that happens. I know it was arthritis or some shit, but I don't know. I'm curious to see the timeline of how everything went down once the season ended or, or leading up to like the end of the season. Because mm -hmm. once they got into the New England game, they were like still holding him back. And they weren't exactly using him as much as you thought they were going to be using him considering it's the last game of the season. So I'm wondering if, and I get other, I'm not even sure if it's rumors or if it is actually facts that he was getting like stem cell treatments in his knees to try and supplement the, uh, the arthritis in his knees. But I wonder if they went awry and they didn't mm. do what he thought they were going to do and something kind of happened there. Um, yeah, Nick says he did get the stem cells, but uh, clearly it's, it didn't work. Um, yeah. So if anything, it probably only hurt him. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I know, um, Kobe RIP, um, he was one of the first ones that I remember because I think when he tore his Achilles, he started going yeah. over to somewhere Germany. in Germany, Germany. Um, I don't think he, they ever said what he was getting though, but it's speculation that it was a lot yeah. of stem cells. And I mean, obviously neither of us are doctors or in the medical profession, so we can't exactly, um, say one thing or another about how stem cells work or even to how well they the validity, work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the validity of it. But, um, I mean, it, it worked for Kobe, but whatever Todd Gurley was doing, it didn't exactly work for him. It did not work for Todd Gurley. But back to the Titans and why I think they should not pay Derrick Henry. And that's where that whole conversation yeah. came from. So that's really yeah. all we got to say about that. I mean, Derrick Henry, in my opinion, wasn't great his first couple of years in the league. And mm -hmm. then last contract, year, he won the rushing title. Year. Won the rushing title. Yeah. yeah, contract year, of course. He won the rushing title in only 15 games. I think he actually missed what, the second to last game of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and, it might have been the something. last game of the year. I can't remember. He missed one of the last games of the year and still won the rushing title. Had a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, the year prior to that, he was bad all the way mm -hmm. until November. And then November and December completely turned it on. Yeah, he had a 99-yard so run against the Jaguars. Okay, yep. Still AFC, little, little AFC South memory for you. Throw that one in the bank. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. They're, they're a weird team. I thought it was really cool what they did. Uh, I got bored of them pretty quickly, though. I really wanted to see Baltimore, Kansas City. I thought that was going to be the best, but mm -hmm. I'll take it. I'm on Kansas City to win anyway, so it worked out. But um, did Logan Ryan, he is not currently, he's still a free agent, right? So that's why yes. that, that's there where their need of cornerback comes from. As Correct. we said, John Conklin, Jack Conklin left. So in the first round, uh, the Giants took Andrew Thomas, left tackle out of Georgia. The Titans took right tackle Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Both of them started um, many, many games uh, while they were at Georgia. And what does Georgia love to do? Georgia yep. loves to run the ball, um, as we ball. saw with Jake Fromm getting picked in like the fifth round or whatever. Um, but no, I, th I think those two picks are great. You already touched upon the running back out of Appalachian State. So, mm -hmm. you know, they they refill the need, refill the need, and refill the potential need they're going to have next year, especially because they got rid of Deion Lewis. So he can kind of mm -hmm. come in in that role as well, just at less money, which is very important. Um, they also grabbed Cole McDonald. I just like his hair. Uh, he's got some sweet dreads out <laughs> no, of... Uh, cut him off. Cut off his dreads? When? Cut, cut him off uh, right after the season because the oh, dreads are dedicated to, um, I believe it teammate, was a right? former teammate of his that passed yeah. away. Um, so he grew the dreads out, but then once he, once the season was over, it wasn't too long after that, he ended up cutting his dreads. Oh man, I missed that part. I must've not been paying attention to Trey in the seventh round as much as I thought I was, but <laughs> yeah. they showed him in the sweet dreads and I loved him. Uh, yeah. you know, so shout out to him. So, I mean, but, with, with that, do you think there is an opportunity for them to do what they did again next year? I don't think so. I, I mean, their defense is still pretty solid. Um, that offensive line is still there. Obviously you, you you lost Jack Conklin to the Browns, but you you re-signed Dennis Kelly, who was their swing tackle last year. So if Isaiah Wilson isn't ready to play, um, Kelly can still fill the the void on the right the right side of uh, of the line. 
Um, and then once Wilson does come back in, then great, because they, they love to, to have that jumbo package with six offensive linemen out there. And I think Dennis Kelly was one of the ones, one of those, those offensive linemen last year for the Titans that caught a touchdown. Um, so clearly athletic enough I mean, for an offensive lineman off of the tackle that you can kind of throw him out there and you can do some different things with him. Um, I, I think Evans was the, the, the sneakier of all the picks that they had this year because they needed some explosivity on that offense. Um, AJ Green or AJ. Explosivity? Explosiveness? It's been a long day. It's been a long, uh, who knows how many months. It's been a long been. four months. It feels like whatever um, it's been. So I think that was a that was a that was a very sneaky pick on there, and that they they kind of needed to to inter, to to create some explosiveness on that team. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think again, you know, as I, you you can't assume Isaiah Wilson's going to be Jack Conklin, but again, if mm-hmm. you can replace a starter with a starter, you're probably going to be just fine there. As you said, they like to go with those jumble packages, so that always helps a little bit. Hopefully, Christian Fulton can be good. As I think we spoke about it, there was an opportunity for him to be one of the first three or four corners off the board. I don't know the exact number he came off, but it was relatively late in the second round, which is pretty Mm -hmm. crazy, but it is what it is. The NFL knows a little bit more than we do sometimes. Um, And yeah, man, I mean, I just think, you know, they're, they refilled some needs. They added some depth in positions like running back, which is important in terms of fantasy. I mean, Ryan Tannehill was one of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks in the league when he came into and and usurped Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, I don't think that's possible again, right? Like I, I don't really see that happening. I mean, like, what do you what do you think is going to happen there? I wouldn't be surprised because of such a run heavy offense that so many teams are now bringing up uh, that extra guy in the box um, mm-hmm. because their their main goal is to stop Derrick Henry and depending how fast he starts off this year will kind of determine how the rest of the season goes. Um, AJ Brown proved to be a number one wide receiver though, so Tannehill has someone that he can throw the ball to. I'm still not ready to give up on Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis was the product of a, of a horrible quarterback situation. Um, prior to Tannehill getting there. I think once Tannehill kind of usurped Marcus Marriott as the starting quarterback, it, you could see Corey Davis, he was starting to to produce more and do more of kind of what we saw when he was coming out of Western Michigan. Um, and A.J. Brown looks like an absolute beast. My only thing is they didn't really add, they, they didn't draft a wide receiver. I, I, I haven't looked at the, their undrafted free agents. Um, I would assume they brought in a couple of them just because there were so many. Um, they really didn't target another guy to to kind of bring in just to add another explosive part of the offense. They, they, mm. I'm really surprised they didn't go after, um, I mean, they, they probably could have traded for Brandon Cooks. You can trade for Kenny Stills, but obviously those guys are in the division and they're, they aren't easily uh, obtained. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what this offense looks like, but it's going to be another run-heavy offense. So so banking on those wide receivers and the quarterback play is, is kind of hard to do, but Tannehill proved that he could do it last year. Did he, though? He was on a contract year, too, and he only played, like, what, 12 games, I think? Not even? 10? Yeah, and you know what? But during that time, though, he looked phenomenal. He, he, did he look looked good. like he looked like a number one quarterback, and they they paid him. I mean, pretty well in in quarterback standards. Um, I think it was like four I mean, for one twenty in, in quarterback standards. It's not like he's not. Yeah, so I mean, it's not it's not crazy. I think the the final number ends up being like close to twenty five million or something. So yeah, mm-hmm. like that's a lot. I mean, Philip Rivers is getting you know one for twenty five. Tom Brady's two for fifty. Drew Brees, I think, same thing, two for fifty. So like it's compared to the top of the market it's not that bad like it's mm-hmm. not like you're the kansas city chiefs you're gonna have to give patrick mahomes 40 million dollars in a couple years it's not like you're the eagles who carson once i think takes up 30 something million jared goff 36 i think his cap yep. number was before they restructured it so it's not an insane number where you can't overcome it but 
one, I think he was like one for seven the prior year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little easier to build a team around that than it is, uh, you know, obviously, as you put. What do you think Derrick Henry can do? I mean, again, he was not great his first two years. He was awesome in the second half his third year. And then he obviously won rushing title, as we already brought up. Contract mm-hmm. year. He, I don't think he's win the run again next year, but I don't think he's going to be terrible. Where do you Where do you kind of put him? I'm very I'm cautiously optimistic about how he's going to be this year, um, just because of how much they run him. They they ran him the past couple of years, and then going back to Alabama when they used to run the the, the hell out of him there also. Um, so I'd be very curious to kind of see where his average draft position is. Like if he's in the first, solidly in the first, like he's a top seven pick. I'm not touching him just because the the bus factor is way too high for me to want to go after. Granted, if he does sign his franchise tag, they don't give him a long-term contract. It's basically he's in another contract year. So he's going to be working his ass off to get that one contract just because those running backs are never going to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't be surprised if he produces close to what he did last year, but I just can't see him replicating everything that he did, Um, especially when they drafted Evans. And that's going to kind of take away – Mainly because the Titans don't give a shit about fantasy. Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. definitely doesn't give a shit about fantasy. Um, so they're they're going to find different ways to keep him fresh. Especially if he does look pretty, if he, if he does look like the running back he was last year, they're going to kind of find different ways to save his legs for later on down the season. Even though it didn't look like he was running out of steam at all mm-hmm. um, until that last game um, against the Chiefs. But I, I think that he's mid round second. I'm all for it. Early second kind of depends on how your first round pick went. And if you went wide receiver why not grab a running back like that and then handcuff him with Evans later in the rounds. But I'm curious. To see Makes sense. One. Makes sense. So, I mean, all in all the AFC South, um, they had some pretty good stuff. They had some weird stuff. The Texans were weird. The Jags had a million picks and replenished what they needed to. Mm-hmm. The Colts just built a, a bigger and better team essentially. Uh, and, you know, adding more depth and more key positions that can really help out. And then the Titans did, as we said before, kind of replenish those needs. Who do you think comes out on top of the division next year? Colts. I think yep. Colts, probably 11 and 5. I mean, I'm curious to see once they, they're supposed to be releasing the schedule any day now. So, kind of waiting to see how that plays out. And obviously, we're, we're all still kind of waiting on um, everything that's going on with COVID 19. Mm. Um, so, I think those more uh, experienced teams, the teams with the best coaches, are going to be the teams that are going to do the best this year. It's going to be hard to see the Jaguars doing anything um, considering that whole offense, that whole team was pretty much. Mm-hmm blown up and then put back together. Um, it, it's, I feel like Bill O'Brien's going to be losing the locker room this year. Once Deshaun Watson starts speaking out, kind of, he's been saying some things on Twitter, so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of see if that carries over into the season. Um, and the Titans, it's all going to depend on Derrick Henry. If, if Derrick Henry is that man-child again, then he'll probably they'll, they'll play you around that, that eight and eight, nine and seven record just because yeah. Jeff Fisher loves seven and nine. So, Jeff um, I love him. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I mean, just going back to the Jaguars, I can't, I can't see them winning more than six games. Like unless Gardner comes out and just absolutely balls out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time. Me. I have a hard time believing in the team that they band-aided together. Well, I'm rooting for it. I, I agree with you. I think the Colts are definitely the best team. I honestly, the AFC is kind of weird and I, I won't sit here and tell you that I've looked at every single team, but I wouldn't be surprised if, three playoff teams do come out of the AFC South considering that extra spot. Now, now that there are seven teams, if I'm not mistaken, that goes into effect this year um, right out of the gate. So you're 
for as much as we all make fun of Bill O'Brien, as much as we all think he does stupid things, he is consistently in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised there. And then the Titans, as we said, you know, that's, I think the division will eat itself because that's just what they do. The Jags mm-hmm. will win a six to nothing game over the Colts for literally no reason, that's but it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Um, and you know, it's, it's probably going to be on Thursday night. So let's mm-hmm. just say that, but it's, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how they all play out again i agree with you i do think the colts win probably more towards that six uh 10 and six uh record because i don't think we get the 17th game till next year that seventh playoff spot is this year so uh, we did have that right but i don't know man i wouldn't be surprised to see three playoff teams come out of that division hopefully it's the jags but if i was a betting man i would say they are not um they're not coming out of that division and i think they're over under five and a half and i honestly might take the under on that one yeah as well so we'll we'll see about that but I don't know. I'm I'm just another sad Jaguars fan, just waiting for the season. We it, it's kind of funny. Just amongst Jaguars fans, we're always looking forward to the next mock draft. Um, Can't wait. And I and I get that there is a tank for Trevor or the fail for Fields. Uh, I mean, it, it'd be nice to kind of see that that rejuvenation that would be brought into a fan base that that needs something. Um, Garner looks like to be that guy. If he is that guy, then great. I would absolutely love if he could be that guy. That way, the Jaguars don't ever have to worry about a quarterback for the next five, ten years. Um, just because it's been so long since I've had one of those guys, um, but I don't know. We'll we'll kind of we'll yeah. I know my heart. <laughs> if I had some really sad, sentimental music I could play right now, I would, yeah. and I'd let you keep talking. But I'll, I'll um I'll take you away from yourself, Justin. Uh, if anybody out there wants to follow somebody on Twitter that loves the AFC South more specifically, loves the sad Jaguars, where could people follow you on the internet? Yep, jrazzle81. Uh, it shows on the video right there. And if you're listening online, it's, it is how it's spelled. <laughs> Love that. Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Cousin Justin. Always appreciate your time. Uh, rooting for you, man. But um, I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, fingers crossed. Another, well, you know, as long as we have football, I'll be happy. As long as we have fancy football, I'll be happy. The Jaguars got 0-16. I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably won't be that happy. I'll be I'll be sad, but I'll be understanding, and I'll they'll be drafting a quarterback, which would be kind of fun to watch and see how they blossom into another person that they trade away. And on that, we thank you all for listening. <laughs>